boom, hello, and welcome to Trailer Made. Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm AJ. And this is a show all about movies and the trailers that come before them. And hopefully you knew that because you clicked on this. But if you didn't, it's exactly what Jim said. What do we have in store for this episode, AJ? Well, unlike other episodes, we're going to make this one good. Oh, that'd be nice. It's a thing I thought we should try. We've been getting some responses from the audience, and they're like, love what you're doing. I love that you're using microphones. I love that I can hear it on all platforms. Try to make it good. Mm -hmm. So we say to that, here's good for you. What do you think about Star Wars? Say no more. Cue theme song. Boom! In a world where movie trailers have reached new heights, two semi-competent males will talk about them using microphones. AJ Gutierrez and Jim Schwartz in Trailer Made. I feel like it's been a while since we've had something Star Wars to talk about. Uh, yeah, it's been a few episodes since we talked about the Star Wars trailer. <laughs> Listeners are like, uh, no, it happens frequently, but I don't care. This is kind of a big one. Well, we're in the wake of uh, the D23 Expo, which sounds so corporate, but that's the world we live in right now. Disney just had this big festival where they teased a lot of footage and news about their upcoming slate of movies, from Marvel movies, uh, their Live action remakes. Even their theme, uh, their theme parks. Their theme it's like parks. all things Disney. It's all things Disney. They showed us a teaser for The Mandalorian, which is the their flagship show on Disney+. Plus. But more importantly to us, they gave us another look at The Rise of Skywalker. We talked all about The Rise of Skywalker when they debuted the teaser a few months ago. What were your feelings for this one. Well, I wasn't sure if it was a, tra- I mean, it's a trailer, but it was also, it kind of felt like a, a piece you put on for investors, or like like almost, it, I could tell it was for the D23. It was, it was, it's kind of playing to a live crowd. Exactly. In a way. Rather, but, you know, but there was still some new footage that was striking. Yeah, and I, I thought the, the old footage like was still compelling. Just because in the context of this movie, which is going to wrap up, you know, this nine-movie story, uh, it does make sense for this particular story to be showing footage from everything that's led up to this. And just to recap, if you haven't seen it, basically it's a trailer that starts from the very beginning of what we've seen from Star Wars, which is starting Hope. Starting with the original trilogy. The very first shot of this trailer is showing two suns setting on Tatooine. And then it goes all the way through. It literally takes you movie by movie, even into the George Lucas prequels. And then you start hearing a VO from Mark Hamill. We've passed on all we know. But the VO is from this new movie. And you're just reminded of like, oh yeah, sometimes I forget why I care. A thousand generations live in you now. But this is your fight. I think it's important that they showed this recap. I think J.J. Abrams is really good at nostalgia. And he's like, what works the best in Star Wars? It's Mm. nostalgia and it's re... Nostalgia. You're saying nostalgia? It's it's bothering me. Nostalgia. Nostalgia. Nostalgia? Yeah. It's nostalgia. Like, I'm nostalgia. Nostalgia. Let's look into this. Frank, can you look into this for us? Frank! (laughs) And quickly, please, Frank. What's that? It's nostalgia. Anyway, back to my point. I think it's important to show what was leading up to this. It's kind of like in Avengers Endgame. Uh, It's a lot like Avengers Endgame. 
Because Avengers Endgame did something very similar in one of their trailers uh, leading up to that. That's movie. what I'm saying. They, they, showed, they showed all the past, which they you showed need. all the past, yeah. Because, you know, honestly, like, I, I haven't really thought about Star Wars in a while with all these other stuff that's going on, especially with Marvel. Yeah, it's been a big year for, like, big franchises coming to an end between Game of Thrones, Avengers, at least this, you know, phase of Avengers, and then uh, Star Wars. And Star Wars has definitely felt kind of clouded in the cultural conversation it, it hasn't be, it hasn't really been at the forefront well it also doesn't feel like it's coming to an end and th- this had to remind you is coming to an end because there's so much star wars stuff mm-hmm. like there's star wars land there's all the spin-off movies yeah. there's the disney plus shows there's the cartoons like there's just so much star wars that's happening all the time that you forget that this is the last movie mm-hmm and I think they needed to do this to make people aware, like, oh, yeah, this is a big deal. Because when Force Awakens came out, Disney had just gotten Star Wars. So we didn't have all of this extra stuff yet. This kind of kicked it off. So it really brought Star Wars back to the forefront. That's why it was such a big deal at the time. I honestly think they're a little worried that they should it, be. it's so clouded that people aren't going to care as much as they did at the beginning. It might not be as big of a hit as they, they thought. They've definitely done that. The Disney CEO, Bob Iger, has even uh, said it. Uh, I would on be the record, too. he said, we made a mistake. We oversaturated the market with Star Wars stuff. Big time. Uh, like, and he's like, we're going to be more careful and a little bit more conservative about how we like plot out our mu- movies in the future. We're going to do it a little slower. We're not going to bombard audiences with you know Star Wars every year. It's kind of like when you're in middle school and you get an Abercrombie and Fitch t-shirt and you're like, yo, this is a cool t-shirt. But then everyone starts wearing Abercrombie and Fitch and then Abercrombie and Fitch is everywhere and you're like, wait a second. I got news for you, bro. Abercrombie and Fitch was never cool. Dang it! Anyways, uh, let's get into the the meat of the trailer. The, the, there's not a lot story-wise revealed in this trailer, but... They just hit you with awesome shots. They hit you with awesome shots. Which is what J.J. Abrams is great at. I was about to bring that up. I think J.J. Abrams does have a knack for creating really evocative imagery that feels just epic. Yeah, he's like, okay, what's cool? Water. Yeah. Let's see, I don't know... The Death Star's remains in a crazy ocean with mm-hmm. waves. And then we'll have a f- lightsaber fight on that. J.J. Abrams is kind of like a 12-year-old kid, maybe younger, say 11 or 10, yeah. who's making up fight scenes with toys. And be like, oh, yeah, they're fighting, but they're on, like, the rings of Saturn. I want Ray and Kylo Ren to be fighting on a piece of wreckage floating in a turbulent ocean. I want to see a fleet okay. of That's star awesome. destroyers like in the sky with a lightning storm. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool. That was too. my favorite shot of the trailer actually. It, it seems like concept art. Your journey. Yes, it's in. It actually kind of feels a little fan art. Uh, people were commenting on the poster when it came out. It did kind of feel almost like fan art. Like, we're giving you exactly what you guys want. But isn't that okay? Uh, I'm personally fine with it. Totally. I thought the poster was fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it looked like fan art. It looked like something that fans would want to see. Yeah. Like, of all the things, like, the shots were super cool. Ray throwing the lightsaber and cutting mm-hmm. a tree and then having it come back to her. That was cool. That's in the video games. There's even shots just like the way they, yeah, it's it's really the way they film it and the way they stage just basic movements. Like the shot of Kylo Ren coming off the TIE fighter and he's walking kind of towards the camera and he, you know, opens the lightsaber right as he's passing the camera. 
shots like that are just really good at just making you excited. Yeah. That was something really missing in The Last Jedi. I agree. You could tell Ryan Johnson either isn't as good at at kind of coming up with uh, images like that in his head, or he's just not interested in doing it. Uh, But J.J. Abrams clearly is. I think they made the right call having him finish it off. I think so, too. I I like the idea that he started this new trilogy and he's going to end it. Whatever story points that he started out with, he can see through. As for the story, we don't really get a whole lot except for at the end, you have Emperor Palpatine saying, your journey comes to an end. Make of that what you will. And then it also has that final shot of Rey looking evil, pulling out a double-sided lightsaber. What do you think about that tease at the end about Rey possibly going to the dark side? Can I give you my take first? Yes. It, do, do I have a choice? I'm just kidding. It, it's old. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of them teasing Ray to possibly go bad. Yeah. I don't think she's going to go bad. She's a goody two-shoe. Well, also, you're not going to reveal like they, that in the trailer. Yeah, you're also not going to reveal that in the trailer if it, if it actually is true that she goes bad. I was lukewarm to it because I know that it's not actually going to happen. It's probably a dream sequence. But I did think it was cool looking, like the way that the lightsaber, like, contorted into a long staff was pretty great Mm. but you know what for me what stood out the most beyond all of that was it's black at the end but you hear Darth Vader's breath I think Vader's gonna come back some in some form or way there's gonna be Vader that's an interesting call out I don't think it's gonna be Kylo Ren I think that's too obvious could be someone else becomes Vader and like find repurposes his mask. I don't know if like it could be Kylo Ren of... more explicitly trying to become the next Darth Vader and like literally putting on the Darth Vader helmet. I don't know something. Yeah, maybe Ray goes dark for a little while and she becomes Vader for a little while and then I don't know. But Vader's gonna be back in this, which I think is probably the coolest part of that trailer. That's an interesting thing to comment on because when I heard the the sound of Vader's breathing, I was like, oh wow, are they gonna show something? And then they don't. It's just a sound effect kind the of The sound design it. was great. Yeah. Do you need another trailer or are you good until the movie? Um, I could use one more. Yeah. But it's interesting because sometimes, you know, this is our second piece of content that's come out of The Rise and of they Skywalker. Both, they've both been very much uh, teasers. Right. And But usually sometimes a teaser is enough mm-hmm. or like there'll be one trailer and you're like, I'm good. But for this, I need to see a little bit more. I'm still in, obviously, but. I could use some more. In terms of trailers, they're definitely going to release a full-length trailer. And I think hopefully that'll be it. Sometime. Yeah, I hope so too. Another trailer dropped, a huge one, a few weeks ago. But not everybody knows about this one. This is the teaser trailer for Christopher Nolan's next movie, Tenet. When did you find out about this trailer? Um, I read that it was going to premiere before Hobbs and Shaw. So I guess that was... Three weeks ago? I found out about it about a week after Hobbs and Shaw had been out in theaters. And I read just this Hollywood Reporter article saying that the trailer has been out for a week and it's just not online. And I was dumbfounded. I was like, what? Yeah. Christopher Nolan has a trailer out and I haven't seen it. Which is a very Christopher Nolan move, which we'll get into. It's such a Nolan move. For those of you that don't know, Christopher Nolan has a a movie coming out uh, next summer. It's called Tenet. It stars John David Washington uh, from Black Klansman, uh, Robert Pattinson from Good Time and who's going to be the next Batman, and Elizabeth Debicki from Widows. And it's 
reported to be an international espionage movie. Um, people are speculating that this is really going to be Nolan's Bond movie in a way. He's long talked about how big a fan he is of the Bond movies, and people have been wanting him to make a Bond movie. And in some ways, Inception was kind of like his Bond movie with a twist. Um, they're, they're saying this one is going to be even more so. And instead of releasing the trailer online, like every movie does these days, they chose to release this in theaters only. And it's been like that for three weeks. It's playing before some screenings of Hobbs and Shaw. And it remains that way. It remains in theaters only. And it's very much a teaser. Like, it is very not, much a teaser. It, it borders on the line of super teaser and teaser. Very little things are there. Nolan's teaser trailers typically just show images that are disconnected, intercut with title cards, with vague <laughs> pronouncements. And some, some base hits. And, and some base hits, yeah, exactly. But they work. They work incredibly well. I'm always a fan. Uh, Dunkirk, in particular, was one of my favorite teaser trailers maybe ever. Do you remember the guys ducking down as the plane approaches? Yeah, from it, inspi- it, it inspired my Dunkirk meme. What's that? It's where there's a crowd of people looking one way, and like <laughs> I look the other way. <laughs> they all crouch down, and then I stay up and I look. I've only been able to pull it off like twice, but yes, I do remember that. Yeah. So we can't show you any clips from this trailer because it's not online. Jim, can I interrupt? Yeah. Let me set this up what you're about to do. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat. Uh, I don't mean to take this away from you, Jim, but you have, you're going to have to perform in a second. I just thought it might be better for me to give you the, a proper introduction for the performance you're about to put on. Are you going to be my hi- hype man? I'm going to be your um, your master of ceremonies, if okay. you will. Let's say we're all in a theater. The curtain's closed. Spotlight hits. I'm there. I welcome the crowd. I make them feel comfortable. And I ease them into what's about to be something special, something spectacular, something they've never listened to before on a podcast, and something that you're about to do. Even that was great, right? You're really good at just I'm really good at saying this. nothing. I know. But- <laughs> But that's what this deserves. Sounds great. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, because we're not able to watch this trailer like normal people using the normal internet, our friend Jim has decided to do a dramatic retelling of the Christopher Nolan trailer. He will inspire your ears with his voice and delight your heart with his tone. He will simply read what happens in the trailer to you, mixed, of course, with some musical accompaniment. I think we should use the Inception music. Don't tell me what to use, Jim. Okay. And stay behind the curtain. Sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce the dramatic retelling of the Christopher Nolan trailer, Tenant, performed by James Schwartz. Enjoy. Cue music, please. It opens on a close-up of a bullet hole, shot through glass. The star of the movie, John David Washington, walks up towards the camera to inspect the bullet hole. The title card appears. Time has come for a new protagonist. 
We cut back to Washington in what looks like a continuation of the same shot. He walks off to the side, and the camera follows. There's another bullet hole. A second title card appears. Time has come for a new kind of mission. Then we catch glimpses of various scenes in the movie. Someone dressed in tactical SWAT gear walks towards the camera. Our hero punches somebody repeatedly. And finally, our hero's in a room wearing an oxygen mask. He's facing the camera, staring at something off screen. It appears that a door or gate is opening up before him, flooding him in the room with bright white light. His eyes open wide. We're shown the title card one last time. Tenet. Thank you. Um, Jim, that was great. Thank you. I thank you. The audience thanks you. Um, so now I feel like everybody... So we've all seen it. We've all seen it. Which now we can talk about it. Yeah. I hope I successfully <laughs> put those images in that tone in your mind. You did. Um, so what, what did you think? think of the trailer? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you. I mean, I, I, I was there. I saw it in my mind. It's very Nolan-y. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited about the cast. It's a great cast. I think uh, that's going to put it over the top. It's it's a really cool cast. It's cool to see Nolan working with some like younger actors. Um, uh, you know, someone like John David Washington, who really has I only love, has one movie I, under I really under like his John belt. David Washington. I, I do too. It's going to be interesting watching the trailer after that because, like, when you read a book mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh, that's how they did it. It was I, way cooler." Jim's in my reading head. is better. It's so much better. But can we just talk real quick about Nolan doing this and why? I the had, release strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So my take, obviously, it's just kind of what he does, mm-hmm. but he's such a advocate for going to the movies and seeing things in a theater the way they're supposed to be seen. I think this is just a flex to be like, oh, you even want to see the trailer? Go to the movies, no matter what that movie is. Like, I wouldn't have thought that this would be before Hobbs and Shaw. I, that's the one thing. It's like I, I wish it was before more movies than Hobbs and Shaw. But I think it's a cool flex. I think it's a cool flex too. I definitely think he's trying to draw people to the theater. And yeah, I get why he's doing it. Um, he's always championed the theatrical experience above everything else. He's all about shooting on film and getting people into the theaters. And I think increasingly the the best way to do that is by making your movie an event. That's how you do it these days. It's got to feel like a big event. And I think uh, a release strategy like this, while it might be a little gimmicky, uh, certainly helps them in doing that. It helps make this movie feel special, a little secretive, and something, you know, exclusive maybe. Like something like you got to leave the house to go to go check this out. Um, personally, I like it because you and I have talked about it before, how we miss the the good old days of being in a theater and watching a trailer for the first time in the theater and yeah. being like, what's this? Yeah, uh, true. That never happens. You know, and, and there's something about when we watch trailers on our computers, um, as awesome as it is to be able to watch any trailer at any time. Shout out to technology. I want to. Shout Love out. it. Don't want to go back to how it used to be. Shouts to Wi-Fi. But there is something, there is like, there is a certain joy that you get from like, seeing a trailer and not having any idea what the trailer is for and learning about it through the course of the trailer or with sometimes with you don't even people. know till the very end yeah in a theatrical experience I, I i do miss that sensation and you know nowadays you're, you're clicking on a link to the trailer you know exactly what you're getting into uh you're watching it you know at home or at work don't tell my boss um but yeah so i i personally loved it 
Same. And I, I think uh, he's not going to stop. No. He's, he's going to keep making big-ass movies for as long as he can. Jim, I want to talk about marriage. Do you? The Noah Baumbach film. Oh. <laughs> oh, Marriage Story? Is it called a Marriage Story? It is. God damn it. Can we start over? Do your goddamn homework. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, I want to talk about marriage. Story. Oh, you're talking about Noah Baumbach's next movie. I am. Oh. And the trailers that came with it. So Noah Baumbach has this new movie called Marriage, Marriage Story. Story. It's starring Scarlett Johansson and, and Adam, Adam Driver. Driver. What's interesting about these two trailers that came out is they came out at the same time, but they take the perspective of each character. So there's one trailer dedicated to Adam Driver. And there's another trailer dedicated to Scarlett Johansson. Yep. Both dealing with the same themes. They have the same beat. They have the same song, but one song is recorded by a female. Yeah, it's all done to uh, an Otis Redding song. The song is called I've Been Loving You Too Long. In Adam Driver's trailer, um, it's Otis Redding singing it. I've been what I love about Nicole. Loving you. And in Scarlett Johansson's trailer, where she's narrating it, it's a cover by Cat Power. I've been what I love about Charlie. Loving you. And you could play these side by side. They're, they I line think up. They're they're meant to be, I think, consumed back to back, almost as if they're they're one and the same. They're they're they're, they're almost like one trailer. I but. played them at the same time. Oh, interesting. So is the, that how we should play it back for our listeners? I've been what, what I, I love, love about, about Charlie. Nicole. No, <laughs> it's better <laughs> visually. Well, because the way I saw it was there's there were two. They were stacked on top of each other. So I played them at the same time, and it literally hits. The All same the same beats. beats. The, it's it was, very, very The cool. cuts were happening at the same exact place. That's I mean, the cuts might be a little different, but yeah. like at least the the VO from both were in the same scene, yeah. and they would transition like equally. It was it was really interesting. Let's take a step back. Let's let's just tell people a little bit what this movie is and what it's about. Noah Baumbach, he's a writer director. Um, he's made movies uh, like The Squid and the Whale, Greenberg, Francis Ha, uh, most recently The Meyerowitz Stories. He makes dark comedies, uh, maybe dramedies, you'd call them. Usually in New uh, York. Usually set in New York. His characters are usually pretty intellectual and neurotic. And this movie is about a couple who are getting a divorce. Adam Driver's the husband. Scarlett Johansson is the wife. And um, these two trailers, as we've said, are told from the perspectives of each spouse. So one spouse narrates one trailer. The other spouse narrates the other. And uh, as we were saying, they, they follow the same rhythm. Each person lists the attributes that they love about their partner. She's a great dancer. Infectious. She is a mother who plays, really plays. She gives great presents. She's competitive. What? She knows when to push me and when to leave me alone. They have the exact same ending as well. Both trailers end abruptly with the music cutting. It ends in a courtroom scene followed by a very awkward attempt at having a conversation. They're alone in a room together. And the room is 
without bear? furniture. Yeah. I'm guessing it's one of their new apartments that they've had to move into. I thought we should talk. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to start. In terms of a release strategy, it's kind of an interesting uh, thing to talk about right after Tenet because Tenet, which Nolan clearly wants to be viewed in theaters only, uh, these trailers, these two trailers for the same movie, are very much meant to be viewed online. This release strategy of releasing back-to-back trailers works best if you see it actually embedded in the same web page with two trailers back-to-back. Um, and you can go back and watch them a yeah. bunch of times and dissect, yep. see what's different, see the subtle changes, mm-hmm. see this, like, what was interesting to me was the the perspectives in the scene, because you forget that it's the same scene completely. That's, I, I didn't, I didn't catch, actually, different perspectives of the same scenes. There's, there's certain scenes that are shown. Yeah, the... like, there's certain scenes with Scarlett Johansson where you could tell from the first, like, Adam Driver's perspective, she was in it doing one mm-hmm. thing, but then from hers, she's in it doing a different thing, but it's wearing the same clothes, but having a different emotion. Just the whole, the way they evoke vibe and emotion and tone differently, yet make sure that the trailers are telling the same story was pretty spot on. Yeah. The trailers are both surprisingly tender and sweet uh, for a story about divorce, or at least I found that to be the case. Um, I was also surprised by how sweet they they were com- considering the the filmmaker Noah Baumbach's movies are usually about really unlikable people they're either very difficult or just total assholes and this trailer seemed to be a lot more positive than a lot of his movies uh, tend to be but that kind of makes the ending of the trailer all the more sad because you're seeing these two people who do have such affection for each other and really do you know admire each other but yet it ends with them not being able to have a conversation. Yeah, I think starting with the positive, stro- like you, you get a, uh, a stronger investment early than you would if it was just like a negative type trailer about, like you get it, it's about divorce, but like they literally list off what they love about each other. He loves being a dad. It's almost annoying how much he likes it. A little too long. He cries easily in movies. I cried four times. Me too. He's very competitive. What's this? Who owns Baltic Avenue? He's very clear about what he wants. He's a great dresser. He never looks embarrassing, which is hard for a man. He takes all of my moods steadily. He doesn't make me feel bad about them. He rarely gets defeated, which I feel like I always do. Scarlett Johansson loves how much Adam Driver loves being a dad. And then it's him being a great dad to his kids. Yeah. And, you know, little things like that. Like, you're me like, oh, I like these people. I'm in. And then you're invested. And you go through a narrative arc in the trailer as if you would the entire film. Yeah, there, it's it, yeah. It's what's impressive about these tr- these trailers, both of them. They both have arcs to them. It's like, here, you're going to fall in love with this person. And then it's like a mini film. Divorced. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I felt that watching. I, I watched both for that reason. Because on the first one, I was like, oh, I side with Adam Driver. Like, he's amazing. But then I'm like, oh, man, but Scott Johansson's pretty amazing, too. And I'm all about the positives. You know me. I'm an optimistic guy. 
<laughs> I appreciated that coming from these trailers. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to watch the second trailer, too, because I was concerned. I was not concerned, but I was wondering if it was going to take a c- complete 180 from the first one, if like one person was going to call the other one a, you know, full of shit or something like that. I was glad to see that it didn't, that it was just uh, kind of more of the same, but just directed towards the other person. But on, on a bigger scale, this makes, you know, it's, it's a completely different take on the trailer strategy from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you put a trailer out and say, all right, this is my movie. But this strategy is like, Here's two trailers, different perspectives. Now you're just kind of like in a character study yeah. rather than just like this is what my movie's about. So they're using trailers now to like help you invest in different ways. We're talking about it. We watched it a bunch of different mm-hmm. times. It's like these weird mini films that are, I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything I like mean, they're, this. They're, they're basically both character descriptions, both trailers. Yeah, and uh, which would be an interesting thing to do for an ensemble film mm-hmm. like an Ocean's Eleven or even like a Wes Anderson film that has a, usually what like six great yeah. actors or at least like characters that have cool personalities or distinct features if you did like eight trailers for each character in a big ensemble piece that could be kind of cool yeah no it's it's i think the the strategy is is really smart you know from like a marketing perspective i think it's really savvy to utilize the internet in such a way we're in a day and age where we consume all of our trailers online for the most part and uh, to really take advantage of that and try to do something different and be different from the rest of the trailers, I think is just super clever. Uh, but also, just from a storytelling perspective, as we've been talking about, it works really well for the subject matter. The idea that these two trailers could be part of the same trailer, but the fact that it, it feels like they've been uncoupled and you have to watch the two trailers separately, uh, I think just works really well with the story it's trying to tell. I'm much more inclined to watch it now than I would if it was just one trailer. Yeah. Because I don't I don't want to watch something about divorce sometimes. Sorry. It's sad. Yeah, but now no, I'm like sad. but now I'm like, oh wow, I kinda care because I know who these characters are. I agree. Yeah, if if, if it was if it was to focus just on the bitterness of the divorce, uh, that is a hard selling point. And I wonder if this came from the n- studio or if it came from him. Mm-hmm. Like whose idea this was. I bet it wasn't his idea. You don't think so? I don't know. I mean, like I said, his movies are usually more bitter. That's a what I'm bit saying. Like it, could, it could have been. I, I could easily see it being an executive strategy of like, mm-hmm. in order to get people to watch this, we need to be a little bit positive. I mean, maybe he is uh, trying to be more delicate though with this subject matter. Um, people have been speculating how autobiographical this movie is. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy was married to Jennifer Jason Lee, and they got a divorce. Um, the characters in this movie, Adam Driver plays a director. I think he's a theater director, not a movie director. And Scarlett Johansson plays an actor. So, like, there are strong parallels between this story and this guy's life. So maybe he is trying to treat the subject matter very sensitively. Tough. Yeah, I know. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, right? Maybe we should make a double trailer about you and my relationship. Do the same way. Things I love about you. <laughs> Things I love about AJ. <laughs> he hypes me up really well. He's a strong supporter of my dramatic reading of the Tenet trailer. Really great at those trailer descriptions <laughs> and remembering actors that I sometimes forget. <laughs> <laughs> but then it gets dark. All right, so um, that's it for this episode. I uh, wanted to uh, give honorable mentions to some uh, trailers that came out uh, since our last episode that were uh, great, that we're looking forward to. Uh, we just, you know, we have to kept, keep our episode tight. That's what our manager tells us. That's what our manager tells us. He says, keep it tight. And easy we're on like, the profanity. Yeah, there's kids listening. 
want to mention Little Women. That's Greta Gerwig's next movie with a, a huge cast. Sorcha Ronan, Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. Pugh. Antlers. Woo. Uh, Shout out to Antlers. If you like scary movies. Check out Antlers. Check out the trailer for Antlers. It's sufficiently terrifying. Like, th- that title is scary. I read the short story. Of course you did. Uh, you should give it a read sometime. I know you're not into reading. Wow. But you should give this one a shot. Got it. Shots fired. Bombshell. That one has Margot Charlie Theron, Margot Robbie, and Nicole Kidman. Uh, it released a, a, a cool little teaser that all takes place in an elevator for the most part. I want to give a special honorable mention shout out to the Ad Astra IMAX trailer. I've come around on Ad Astra. Me too. We were very critical on the first trailer. I thought it was trying to be an action movie that it wasn't. We've and... been burned by some space stuff lately. Yeah. But yeah. Ad Astra is looking real dope. Ad Astra looks great. It looks like it's found how it cho- it's choosing to present itself. It's uh, a lot weirder and darker than the first trailer led us to believe. It feels a lot like Apocalypse Now, but in space. And I also, shout out to the music. The music in it was Big great. Shots. It made me realize how important and critical a good song is to your trailer. You know what, Jim? Shouts to you. Thanks, man. You had a great episode. Loved your retelling. Thanks, man. And you know what? Shouts to you, audience. Thanks for listening again. You being did. part of our being part of our pod. We had a good audience this episode. The, you guys were great. You really stepped up. Uh, we were energized by you. Yeah. So if you want to continue to be part of our show, shoot us an email at trailermidpod at gmail. And stay tuned for our next episode. Because guess when it's coming? Soon? You're right. Coming soon. Trailer made.